Welcome to Lucky Voice Podcast. I'm Will. I'm Norm, and we have a very special guest here today, Leland Yu. He set up a fundraising program, uh, Run for Chinatown, to raise funds for troubled businesses, and he runs his own dining pop-up shop. What's up, man? How's it going? Before we, uh, I guess, turned on the cameras and all the mics, we had an interesting conversation. Um, I did not know that you were going to be uh, FDNY, mm. fire department, and uh, your pursuit of that while chasing the culinary arts. Yeah, it's uh, it's been like a nine-year journey now. <laughs> nine-year journey, damn. Total. Is it know. that hard to to get into FDNY? Uh, yeah, because there's so many applicants. Like, you know, I don't know how many, but tens of thousands of, you know, New Yorkers are like trying to apply for the job. And it's easy to, anybody can apply. You have to be like 18 and... I don't, even, maybe, I don't even think you need college. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, any, pretty much it's open to anybody. It's highly competitive because the salary is pretty good after five years. Top what's, pay- what's the starting salary? Starting right now, I think it's like 45. But mm-hmm. top pay after five years only is like 90 to 100, depending on overtime and all that. So, and that's only after five years. So imagine if, like, you know, you're 20-year-old. You get in at 20, 25, you're making 100 already. Mm-hmm. And you work um, two, three days a week, too. Two, three days a week. What? Yeah. 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 But you're working 12-hour uh, shifts? 12-hour shifts. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know all the details behind that, but from what I know, it's like 12-hour shifts, and I think more or less three to four maybe a week. So you could do like, you know, 12-12-12, you could do 12-24, mm-hmm. 24-12, something like that. Yeah. And in yeah. addition to that, would you get like insane pension? Yeah. Yes. There's also great pension at the end of at the end of the career. Um, you know, I don't know the details, but yeah, mm-hmm. so people do it for the salary the the two three day work week mm-hmm. the pension after 20 25 years and the health benefits health benefits you know city benefits best benefits mm-hmm. right um so that's why it's highly desirable i um, and highly competitive um so like i was we we're talking about earlier that I, I i didn't do well on the test the first time around mm-hmm. and so i had to take it again so let's rewind a bit i i, I thought it was really interesting and mm-hmm. I, I want the viewers or the listeners to mm-hmm. kind of get a a little bit of your background mm-hmm. you went to a specialized high school mm-hmm. over here in new york city well mm-hmm. specifically brooklyn brooklyn mm-hmm. tech brooklyn tech yeah and um from there you went to another uh, uh university uh mm-hmm. binghamton which mm-hmm. was also known mm-hmm. to to have a really good education mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and you studied english because your mom uh, was a teacher, yeah, and she's your a goal, teacher, yeah, right, and your goal was to, I guess, follow in her footsteps. Part of, yeah, part of the goal, part of the reasoning. And after college, you took a major pivot, major pivot, and said, you know what, FDNY might be the move. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I had just kind of started learning about city jobs because mm-hmm. you know, like when you're in college or in school, like a lot of people, you know, you, you don't know what's out there, um, job wise right. or career wise. You know, no one tells you. No these things. one. No one tells you a lot of these things. You know, you you kind of like just going with the flow. You're kind of figuring it out yourself. Uh, and as a teenager, that's not on your radar. Not on my radar at all. You yeah. know. So you know, in school, you know, I'm not thinking about really my future. That I mean, I should have been, you know, uh, thinking in about it better. Of course. In hindsight, of course. But you know, if somebody had told me, told me like, oh, there's a bunch of city jobs that are out there. You're gonna apply. You're like, right when you're 18, you're gonna start applying. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. if people had told me that, then like I would apply to everything I, I could have. You know, Absolutely. NYPD cor- corrections, whatever, FDNY, uh, Port Authority, sanitation, uh, MTA, sanitation. Those, those boys get anything. Paid, you know, yeah. I would have just hit them all up, see what see what happens. You know, right. so 
but I heard about the FDNY and I was I guess I was intrigued about FDNY specifically because I you know I had heard there was like it was like a two three day work week I, <laughs> I saw the top pay after five years and I was like wow so very attractive very, surface, very attractive yeah. on surface and it was a city job so also so you have job security job security which was also part of the reasoning to pursue teaching mm-hmm. um, for job security and my mom would always say oh you know teaching is great you know I get good benefits um, you know good pension and all that so I found out about uh, the FDMY mm-hmm. and potentially joining so I took the test when I was like 21, 22 um, uh, and you failed basically, basically you went in there extremely basically, confident basically, basically, were, you, were you close though <laughs> So what you were saying to me uh, before, like you went in there uh, hyper confident. Yeah, I went there hyper. You're the first one, out, first one in, first one out. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So was, it was computer based test too. So I was just like, I was like clicking away. I was like, I know the answer. I know the answer. I know the answer. <laughs> and I was going, you know, I was in there like less than an hour, and then I think you had like three plus hours to do it. I was just. Oh my gosh! It took you an hour to do a three hour so, exam. You know, you know, it's it is a very, it's pretty simple test. You know, it's not like SATs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like logic based but not even that logical <laughs> um how did you how did you fail then because i mean you went to i mean on paper you're mm-hmm. you're you're killing it you know yeah brooklyn tech there, like a large part of the test actually like towards the end um they're kind of like personal questions um for example like uh how many f- friends do you keep, still keep in contact with that you've known for over 10 years that's one that comes to mind right now so i hadn't asked anybody oh what is this test like how do I answer this? Right. What kind of answers do I give? You know, like what are they looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, so like a lot of these questions, I didn't answer the way they were looking for. I think. Oh, you know so that's so you got the multiple choice or the you know the the true false whatever. Oh, yeah. you got that all a I lot. Felt, I felt but, that. Yeah, exactly. But where where you felt like what really dragged your mm-hmm. score down mm-hmm. was when they did behavioral questions, something like that. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, that's what I think would happen is what happened because. I, I know that like, oh, I probably didn't answer this to their satisfaction. Like, so what you were like, I had 200 friends? <laughs> no, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm not. Five friends? No, no, I mean, no, I, like, what is the right answer? It, well, yeah, what is the right answer? So I guess it's up to whoever to interpret. So another question that comes to mind is like, oh, how many construction jobs have you done in the past year? Interesting. So they want to see like, oh, are you handsy? Probably, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I put zero. I was like, I'm going to just answer honestly. What if they ask me in the future? Like, right. I, just, I just put zero. You right. know? But in hindsight, I'm like, no, nah, they're probably looking for an answer. Because there's a lot of parallels in terms exactly. of carrying things. Can you use a drill? Can you right. do this and that? You Can know? you break down a door? Exactly. You know? so Demolition. It's like, so that, obviously, an answer they were looking for was something at least, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's like things like that I know I could have done better on. And that's why I failed right. oh, wow. the first time. So the second time around, I'm like, all right. I know how to answer these questions. Were you surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> no, I was. Uh, and because I had two or three other friends also take it. And, and they did better than me. And I mean, not saying I'm super smart, but I was like the smart one, uh-huh. you know. Um, and I did like considerably worse than like my peers than my friends. Maybe they're not looking for smart ones. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's probably know, like weighted, they're, they're, right? They're Certain like, questions right. are weighted more than right. that too. It, there that has too. to be more than just a book smart. They're, yeah. they're looking yeah. for other yeah, I mean, qualities, obviously, exactly. those questions. That's exactly, what, exactly the situation. And, uh, and one of uh, the guys that took the test with me that first time also took it with me the second time. And we actually, we're kind of riding it out together now where he's like, we got the same score the second time. So we're like, neck and neck kind of like we were 
considered to be a part of the next class. Mm-hmm. We were like going to these trainings together and all that. Mm-hmm. All, my, my very my very good friend and old friend. Um, so we've kind of been in this process together for like eight nine years. Like, hey, did you get any messages, any emails from them? Like, nah, man, didn't hear anything. Uh, oh, did you get the email about the training next week? Yeah, and we we're like, yeah, let's go together. Um, so we've been in it together, and he's actually, he's actually an MTA train driver right now. Oh, okay, which is pretty funny. And I actually bumped into him. I I was riding his train recently. Crazy. <laughs> like, did you hear of, anything? <laughs> he the comes out of the train. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he texted me. He's like, "Hey, you're on my train," and I said, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I saw you waiting because he's driving in the front, right? So you can right, see right, who's right. waiting, right?" Right. And I was like, "No way." He's like, "Yeah, man, you're you're on the A train, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> so like in between stops, I was like. I was like in the back of the train, so I was like trying to get to the front to like uh, say hi. <laughs> yeah. So in between stops, I was like running, running, right, right. running to the next car, and then I finally got to the front, and then like uh, I was knocking on the door, and then it was him. I love it. That's so New York. Yeah, that's such a New York crazy, story. Crazy. Yeah. Fast forward till now, you passed the exam. Did well. Yeah, you did, did, well. Well did well enough to get invited to the next stage. Yeah. Of it, and. Then COVID happened and put a yeah kibosh um, to it. So there's like so many stages in this process. I took the test. The second time I took the test was in 2016. Mm-hmm. I was the second time you took it was in 2016. Time, 2016. So and I'm this year I was supposedly supposed to get in. So it's still four years. Wow. Process. It's not like it happened the next year. Four years later. Four years later. They invite you for a physical. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, every year, you know they tell you to come back for something and then like then you move on accordingly like oh come in uh for your medical you mm-hmm. pass your medical next year come in to do uh, this workout right you pass that come in next year for this meeting next year okay now now we're you're now you're close right so it's like wow and honestly at this point obviously you know if i have the opportunity i i, I would still like to strive for that but it's 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 been a drag I have a friend, I have a couple of friends as a firefighter. Uh, I have one that's right like, right in Chinatown. On the uh, canal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know a couple of guys there too, actually. Yeah, yeah. I grew up uh, with him. Mm. And uh, yeah, he's, it's interesting. He's, that's his uh, uh, location of work. Mm-hmm. But I have another friend more recently trying mm-hmm. to pursue it, and he became a firefighter. Mm. And this guy was, you know, when we were teenagers, he was in great health. Mm. and you know college happens you begin Mm -hmm. to drink more and then you start dating and then you start gaining a lot of Mm -hmm. weight and he picked up smoking somewhere along the way which to my surprise when I saw him outside smoking a cigarette when we're having drinks at a bar and then he shifted he said you know what I'm gonna turn this around because he had a he had a shitty job oh he hated it so much Mm -hmm. nine to five grind just getting Mm -hmm. beat up all day by by uh, the people that he's serving in addition to getting beat up from, I guess, the company leaders. Mm. And uh, he said, that's enough. So he shifted over to the FDNY. Mm. And uh, he went through the same process. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, but he quit smoking, quit drinking. He would just hang out at the bar with us and drink water all day. Oh, damn. That's some... Oh, this commitment yeah. there and let me tell you when he was when he was going through that he lost his girlfriend his girlfriend left him got with another man that had a baby with him and married that guy mm. so she's happy she she found someone else that was good for her but I you know I, I met up with him he had his glass of water and, and we were talking and, and he goes you know what I did it to myself I don't blame her everything that's on me mm. I was like well, what do you mean he goes I was taking everything for granted and i had this victim mentality 
And one day I woke up and I just said, you know what? Fuck all that. And I decided to leave that person behind, that part of me. And then he started progressing and moving forward Mm -hmm. with the different mindsets. So now he's in incredible shape. The guy is like just ripped out of his freaking mind. I get jealous. I'm looking at him like, geez, man, I thought I was in shape. I got I got to keep up with you, man. You're like, you know, you keep moving that. um, Keep going, man. And, uh, you know, so he doesn't drink. It doesn't smoke because he knows that it doesn't serve him. So he canceled out anything that doesn't serve him. Yeah, and then he found a uh, a new girlfriend, and and she's great. You know, she's a she's a great for him. They they have a lot of things in common, and then he became a firefighter. So everything, you know, it's so so strange. Once he changed his mindset mm-hmm. from that depression, and mm-hmm. and that's hard to do. It's easier said than done. But he just had enough of. He got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And he made that shift, and boy, did his life change. And he got his own place in, in uh, I think, Queens. He bought his own condo, and he was just able to just... Once the firefighter thing happened, man, he mm-hmm. just felt way more confident. The FDNY changes lives. This <laughs> <laughs> like a program. Yeah, changes so keep lives, going. Saves I mean, lives. So did they give you a another date uh, because of COVID? Well, this was supposed to happen back in April, right? Yeah. Uh, so in March, you know, I was like, I had like one more test to, to take. Um, and they were saying, oh, yeah, the academy is going to start in uh, April. And then obviously so the city shut down, right? So obviously common sense, nothing's going to happen, right? I don't, they don't need to tell me that. Right. <laughs> um, so, but throughout these six months, you know, in the beginning I was hearing, oh, it's going to start up again in like September, October, fall, now. And then, you know, as summer went on, I was hearing, oh, yeah, it's not going to be fall anymore. It's going to be spring now. So that's what I'm hearing now. Potentially it's going to be a full year. Spring delay. 2021. Yeah. So... And that's not even set in stone, you know, because uh, yeah. not, not only is there COVID issues, there's budget issues. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. right. like hiring freezes. Um, but I mean, eventually they have to hire because like people are retiring. They need to replace. Mm-hmm. This is going to be it's a necessity, you know, so but it's still up in the air as far as I know. Um, nothing set in stone. You are from trying to be a teacher mm-hmm. to pursuing being a, a firefighter. Mm-hmm. And then you got into cooking. Yeah. And you became a chef. I don't consider myself uh, the title chef. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't run my own restaurant. You know, uh, I don't run my own business. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess now I'm trying to. But uh, so, you know, around the time that I took my the second firefighter test in 2016, you know, um, I'm like, okay. Like, I spent basically four years since the first test, like, kind of, like, waiting around for, like, them to, like, call me back. You know, and I was just doing odd jobs and like, oh, they're going to call me back. They didn't call me back. My life's going to be set once I joined the FDNY. I'm good, you know, but it never happened. So I was like, all right, I can't do that again. You know, I'm going to take it again. And then, but in the meantime, I have to like, you know, pursue, I have to figure out something else that I like, you know, I can't just like do this job, that job, you know? So, you know, one of my passions that I've never like, um, explored, explored professionally is cooking. You know, uh, I've worked in restaurants previously, like uh, mainly front of the house, you know. Um, and then actually I, I managed a, a taco spot for like maybe a little less than a year. And then sometimes the guys were called out, like mm-hmm. the cooks. So once in a while I would have to help like like make tacos or, or assemble them. And then I was like, this is kind of fun. You yeah. know, I kind of like this. And then like, and, and time flies, mm-hmm. time flies, you know. And then I don't have to talk to, pe- talk to people either. So <laughs> I was like, I think I kind of like this. So. You know, in 2016, I was like, you know, let me, you know, if I have to start on the bottom, I got to start on the bottom. You know, I'm going to just go on Craigslist, look for cook jobs, 
that was it. So I applied to a couple of places, um, you know, and then I chose one place called uh, Insta Korean Barbecue in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That was my first cooking job, um, you know, and they're very, very nice people. Uh, it taught me a lot. Basically, you know, they basically laid the foundation for me, you know, with my cooking. Um, yeah, I started on the bottom, man. Like, you know, in Korean a barbecue, you know, there's like uh, banchan and uh, grilled meats or meats. So basically the first thing that I did for like six months, half a year, I didn't cook at all. All I did was scoop banchan into like a little plate and then I like put raw meat on a plate and that's, that's, all, it, it? that's all I did. Oh, so you're the one who like uh, used the, spa- uh, the spatula and then picked the meat into the grill? And- no, not even. That's like the server. The I, didn't, server. I didn't even do that because they, I basically, I took like the meat from the fridge, put it on a plate and then I gave it to that server and then they go grill it on the table. Mm-hmm. So all wow. I did was like, I just, I'm scooping with a spoon uh, you know, ready-made banchan, and you did that for six months. Six months. That's not even the line cook. I think the line cook that's is not the even first like step yeah. in this, being. I guess technically this would be called garmanje, so that's like the cold station. Mm-hmm. You know, so for I guess a Korean restaurant that would be the garmanje station. It's just plating banchan and raw meats, and not cooking a single thing for half a year. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. That's a, that's a I mean that's not unusual. Yeah, it's not unusual. I mean, I hear sometimes people start as busboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then eventually, you know, they let me, like, you know, work on a fry station. And then, so I did that. And then I did that for, like, half a year. And then finally, all right, all right we need you on a saute station. You want to try? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. And I was so confident, too. Because, like, <laughs> I'm throughout, throughout that whole year, I'm, like, I'm watching all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I could do that. I could do that. So finally, when they were like, you want to do it? I'm like, easy. And then I totally flailed out. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, one, first shift or two, I was... And over my head, I was like, "What am I doing? Like, this that burning? Is that ready?" I'm like, "There's too many things going on." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, okay, this is harder than I thought." You know, but over time, you know, through practice and experience, I'm like, "Okay, I understand what I need to do to do, be successful at this." Like, you know, um, you know, just maintain control and um, do things, do like one thing at a time, um, and then eventually, you know, you can kind of be better at multitasking and like, okay, that's ready. That needs a little more time. Put that on a plate. Go back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get the muscle memory. Get the muscle memory. Get the moves. It's like it's like a little dance. You know, you like go on the stove. You turn around the counter. Like and you, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of way to put it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I've kind of been doing for the past couple of years, um, cooking in restaurants. And now, um, obviously, you know, uh, COVID, uh, you know, kind of definitely transformed the restaurant landscape. Um, so recently, I just had the idea of doing like a private dining series um because i it occurred to me i'm like was i try to go out with friends sometimes uh, maybe a few months ago for like a birthday let's say but you know there's no spaces or restaurants that can accommodate that you know obviously there's some indoor dining now but when there was none like there's no outdoor space that can really accommodate 10 plus people mm-hmm. um so i th- i was thinking like where can i where can i do this um and the restaurant that i used to work at uh in brooklyn not the same one, uh, an American restaurant. They have a backyard and they're not operating right now. So I contacted that business owner saying, oh, can I use this space? You know, because you're not using it. And I want to do this this outdoor dining, private outdoor dining. And then they gave me the okay. So that's what I'm working on right now. Wow, look at that. Yeah, so I did a couple dinners. I've done like five dinners now so far in the past few weeks. So you did five dinners. So how, how does that work? Um, how, how, first of all, how do you even make people aware that you're cooking for them and why would they want to eat your food? It starts with friends um, okay. to get the word out. So 
I'm fortunate to have a good amount of friends, actually. Uh, like, the first day I had, like, my Chinatown friends that came, like, 17 people, 18 people, they came. Second day I had my uh, college friends, another 18 people. So mm-hmm. just that was, like, a good start because, like, they were able to help me, like, you know, use their network and, like, or their social network to get the word out. Um, so that's how it starts. And then, like, you know, my mom is, like, in the Chinatown community as well. Right. So she's, like, kind of putting the word out as well. Um, so, you know, it's all, it's all kind of just through Instagram right now. Like, I'm okay. just putting the word out through Instagram. And so, so it's social media and through your relationships that you have, and that's how the mm-hmm. word kind of went out. Yeah, that's it. And what are you cooking? My inspiration, the, the idea that I, I really, or the vibe that I wanted to give was, like, uh, like Cantonese home style meal like so for me my family or how I grew up is not very Chinese so I have like one side of, of my family that's pretty Chinese one that's not and um, I spend more time with, with my American side of the family so every time that I do see like my more Chinese side of the family like I, I love like the whole family style meal you know like 20 dishes on the table table kind of oh, thing oh yeah you know, I love that's that that's the best it's, you know yeah. and like a lot of like Chinese Americans or ABCs like me, you know, I feel like don't get that. And ABC stands for American born, American born Chinese, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, maybe they're having more American style meals, you know? Yeah. Um, so the vibe that I wanted to go for or that I'm aiming for is like to have that feeling and like just mad food on the table. Um, but mm-hmm. the food that I want to do is, you know, I'm not going to cook a Chinese dish better than like a, uh, a, a guy that's been doing it for 20 years. So what I'm doing is like, it's really just more, more remixing, um, like Asian American. So, so like a fusion. I guess like a fusion. So, for example, what I do a lot at home, and sometimes this is how I get the best, my my best meals. Like I'll, I'll have like this like bomb like salsa. I'll have like this Thai chicken, and I'll have like this like Canto fried rice or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the fridge like, I think this could all work, you know. Uh-huh. So like you know that's kind of like how I get these ideas. Um, so I, I don't necessarily consider it fusion. I'm really more like global, you know, if that makes sense, but yeah, fusion. (laughs) So you mean, you mean you take inspiration from different cultures Mm -hmm. and you see if they will, if, if those dishes will complement each other uh, during one session of a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, and, and just within a dish too. Like, for example, one thing I'm doing now is this lemongrass chicken with, uh, like, canto- Chinese sticky rice, like, lo mai fan, sticky rice, and then, like, roasted carrots and onions and garlic. So that dish has got Thai chicken, it's got Chinese rice, and it's got, like, American-style roasted vegetables. And a lot of my friends, that one of my friends, actually, my good friend, he's like, yo, I, I never thought to put, like, like American-style vegetables with, like, a like a Asian, you know, mm. protein and rice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it can be appreciated. I, you know, sometimes that's also where I'm kind of drawing inspiration. Sometimes if I'm having a Chinese meal, I'm like, damn, I could use some of this right now. Or if mm-hmm. I'm having an American meal, I'm like, oh, I could use some of, I, I could use this right now. I think this yeah. will work, you know? Not going to lie. Sometimes, yeah, even when I'm not eating, let's say Korean food, mm-hmm. I don't even think like, Kimchi, man. I was like, some kimchi would go bomb with exactly. this right now. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Kimchi know goes well with everything. Yeah. <laughs> Especially white rice. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, my approach. Like, mm. so that time I had, I had this food 
I thought I'd really, really go well with this. So that's kind of what, what I'm exploring. I think I saw a picture of that uh, Thai mm. chicken mm. that you were, you're, you were talking mm. about. Mm. And the, the sticky rice is actually cooked with inside the chicken? Or is that something It's else? kind of a work in progress. Yeah. I, at home, when I was experimenting with it, um, I, I did it a couple times stuffed. Um, the rice stuffed in the chicken. But a few times it's kind of come out mushy because I think you know the, ch- the chicken juices... Because the rice is already cooked, so I'm stuffing it in a raw chicken and I'm roasting it, and then the chicken juices is like it's like re-moisturizing it, so it's kind of coming out a little mushy. It's mm-hmm. cooking it, yeah, yeah it's, and it's broth it's or even even more. So some people liked it, some people didn't. Um, so I'm, tra- I'm still trying to figure out how to get like that texture right for mm-hmm. the rice. Because when I when I stuff it in the chicken, it's like perfect texture, mm-hmm. but at the end of the whole process, it's like kind of wet. Yeah, so like a saucy type. Chicken. Yeah, it's like it's like pretty. Rice. Yeah, so it depends on how you like it. You know, if you want yeah, it, that's true. Some people love things yeah, saucy. Be, some because people when don't. I make uh, Mexican rice mm-hmm. with chicken, mm-hmm. with um, um, dark meat chicken, mm-hmm. and it's in it's all boiling in, Together, a, in right? a broth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it comes out comes out wet. mushy. Yeah, yeah, wet. yeah. So if you if you're into that, that's great. You know. So, but um, so right now I'm not stuffing it because. I'm kind of like trying to maintain control of the texture. Um, and that's important. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's very important to the uh, experience because, for example, if just making noodles. Mm. If I have noodles that's too soft yeah. and mushy, mm. oh, I get instant. Mm. I will never go back to that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not never. al dente. It's actually too right, soft. It, it yeah. is not to the two. It's like the you opposite know? of al dente. It's not. <laughs> right. Mush. Yeah. Right. Um, it, or if it's or it's undercooked. Mm. That's where it. it's too hard where they just uh, they should have just left it in there for maybe 30 more seconds you know they took it out too early mm. that mm. also I'm just like uh, this it's just the texture is so mm-hmm. so crucial especially yeah. when it comes to carbs yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah and my friend who's he was like yeah you, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, texture I didn't like the rice <laughs> mm. he told me that and I was like mm-hmm. okay and I, then, I heard that. I heard that. Hey, that's the friend cuisine. that you invite. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. he's not going to. He told just, me straight up. He's like, yeah. I didn't like that. Like, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Yeah. So when you experiment, you have all these different recipes that you're mm-hmm. trying out. Mm-hmm. You, do you have a closed door event where you invite all your friends that, are, that critique you? You know, um, mm-hmm. they have constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. You, do you invite them over and, and kind of give you uh, their two cents? Yeah. So before I did these private dinners at the space that I'm using now, you know, I would only experimenting at home you know um so i would invite friends over um taste this taste that they'll give me a critique or two and then so see, these same friends also came to my first dinner like a proper dinner sit down dinner i served them and everything and again here's, here's my final product you know so they so i did i had friends come taste for free and i also had the same friends come pay and taste <laughs> um to like you know not only just to taste the food but the vibe you know mm-hmm. so uh, i'm definitely getting a lot of good reviews on the vibe at least for sure mm-hmm. like, it's a really cool vibe um if you look at my instagram what's the ambiance like like just the, the ambiance the is um and we'll have your instagram in the okay. description so cool, people cool, can cool. check it out yeah. uh yeah so check out the photos to really see but um it's it's uh cozy rustic oh okay, <laughs> okay. cozy rustic i miss um, with that yeah it's kind of a little so tropically is it intimate it's very intimate it's very intimate it's like woodsy rustic cozy Right. Yeah, it's very cool. So uh, the person that uh, rented you the, their space, mm-hmm. uh, they were like okay with you taking the liberty to do the uh, decor how you like? Well, actually, that's it's the original decor. Oh, is it? That's, that's how the restaurant 
is or, or was. Well, that's pretty smart. So you just look at it and you go, this is move-in ready. Yeah. Um, and I worked there for a year, so I, I knew. And then like, so originally I was thinking like, oh, I want to do this private dinner th- thing. And I wanted, to, I wanted to do it in Chinatown. Um, but then I thought, okay, what? I have to rent a space and build an outdoor dining thing. And I was like, oh. I don't know if Chinatown's built like that too. You would have to. Uh, yeah. So it was a problem. Like, yeah. or can I find a place with a backyard? I'm like, I don't think there's many places with a backyard. Mm-hmm. And then like, I have to like, you know, find, sign a lease and all that. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm ready for all that. And then I'm kind of a light bulb moment for me. Like, oh, this place I used to work at, I know it's not open right now. And I know that they have a backyard and I know how it is. And I know the vibe. And I think that would be really cool. You know, um, so you know, I, I asked and they said, okay, and uh, made a menu, made some cool photos. And, um, and how long have you been doing this now? I mean, not very long. The first dinner was September 18th, I think. Oh, that's recent. Awesome. Just a few yeah. weeks ago was my first. And not even a month yet. Yeah, so now, yeah, yesterday I did my fifth. Mm-hmm. And I'm, if it looks like I'm going to get fully booked for the next rest of the month. So I'm going to have like nine more. That's amazing. Ooh. Yeah, like three per week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is it like a 10 course? Is, how, how many courses are there? Like It's going to be, it's eight course family style meal. So three starters, four mains, and one dessert. Um, so it's a lot of food. Actually, the first two dinners that I did for my two groups of friends, it was even more than that. It was obscene amount of food. Ridiculous. It was like <laughs> 12 dishes because I, I wanted to try everything out. Yeah. You know? And then like, like halfway through the meal everyone was like oh, we're so full we can't no more no but more. we have another dish coming out yeah. jeez like, I need more friends like you yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a true family style because when yeah, I go yeah. to a family gathering it's always have this have that yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like I'm so full right now but okay I'll just take some more yeah, yeah, exactly. or I get like a, like a to go bag or something yeah, yeah. so was it due to the portions or uh, portions were definitely an issue okay. over portioned so okay. you know learn from that Right. Um, but also too many dishes, you know. Too many, di- too okay. many dishes. You know, I mean, it, it could be done if I'm like doing like tiny, tiny tasting menu kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's also a logistical kind of nightmare. Like, right. if especially if I have like let's say, uh, let's say it's eighteen people, right. and let's say it's eight. Oh, let's say it's like twelve courses. That's eighteen times twelve plates that I have to have. Like, do you have any help? Uh, so I'm. I've been basically asking uh, ex coworkers to help me out. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Depending on how many people it is, I'll have like one extra person to help me. If it's like more, I'll have two. Um, yeah, so I just I just been asking like, hey, uh, you you want to do this? And uh, so yeah, I have help. Is this fun for you, or do you feel like a lot of pressure? It's fun. It's fun. Uh, and and like the days leading up to the first one or two dinners, um, I felt pressure because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, oh wait, they're actually coming. Like. <laughs> this is real this is real it's happening I have to like set up this whole thing and they're gonna come and they're gonna pay to eat my food like I gotta it's gotta be good you know it's also the same feeling I had when I first started cooking you know like oh people are gonna pay for the stuff that I make like that's kind of crazy you know, it's not the same as feeding your friend or feeding your family like it's that imposter syndrome you know yeah, it's, kind it happens of, yeah. to everyone yeah yeah so yeah. I mean you know I had it real quick and I was like no they're gonna come and it's gonna be good good shit you know, cause, <laughs> and then you know and you know a lot of it was good a lot of good reviews you know obviously some criticisms and then you know and thank god I had my close friends for the first two dinners to be there to tell me that you know mm. so that now I'm like taking people that are not my close friends you know it's like their friends or their family mm-hmm. um, so and yeah, thanks to them, my friends, for like blasting on their social medias because now I'm like I'm getting a lot of messages now. Like, no, those like, are good friends. Those yeah. are solid. That's yeah, certainly solid. Are. So, do you have any music playing in the background, or is it usually just yeah? Uh, yeah, what's the vibe? 
you said tropical, so I'm assuming like so no, okay, on not, vacation. It's, it's not tropical. It's really more cozy, rustic. Mm-hmm. The music that I've got going on right now. Uh, what's the genre? I mean, it's like rock, rock, alternative, uh, blues. No, no, like more okay. like blues, country blues kind of thing. Okay, country yeah, blues. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. good, yeah, that's that's it's that's the vibe. Interesting. Um, it could I could make it jazzy. You know, it's it's really a cool vibe. Last night they had. They wanted disco, so <laughs> like uh, that's that's really cool. They can make requests. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just go on the iPad and like you know, just put okay. it on. When you're making the food, preparing it, does I guess the group that you're entertaining, mm-hmm. uh, do they get to watch you make everything while uh, during the process, or does it just come out and mm-hmm. they they just they don't get to see how you prepared everything, how you made it? They don't get to see the fire. Mm-hmm. They they just get to the plate out what's what's that like um mostly yeah they're just waiting for the food usually i'm just they're not really watching mm-hmm. i had one friend who to help me kind of do some food shots um mm-hmm. some food photos so he he came in and like he saw the action um i mean the kitchen you have to walk through the whole restaurant and you walk by the kitchen to go to the backyard i see so like okay. yeah you know if you walk in you can catch catch a glimpse mm-hmm. you know if you stand there you can watch you know Mm-hmm. But mostly, so far, you know, people just, I just lead them to the backyard and sit down, have some drinks, food's going to come out. It uh, sounds like a really cool social event. Yeah, it is cool, you know, and it's outdoor and it's private. Yeah. So th- those were key things that I thought like, oh, people are going to be interested in this. And it's going to be groups of people who that, know each other exactly, intimately. Exactly. Yeah. It's like only the same group of people, you know, and mm-hmm. then no, no separate groups together, you know. So that's, you know, kind of like a security comfort issue, right? Right. So what are you going to do when uh, the weather gets cold? So that's, I don't know. Heat lamps, man. <laughs> heat lamps. I, there's, there are two heat lamps back there, actually. So I have them ready, you know, because... Heat last, lamps can only do so much. Yeah, they can only... If yeah. it get, once yeah. it gets super cold, then, right. like, you know, it, it might, you know, it just might not happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I only have, like, the option to use it for this October anyway, right now. I think... You I gotta may, keep this going. I mean, you're booked every week. Yeah, I know, I know. But I might have to find another place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe, you know, maybe it's like uh, someone's apartment. I don't hey, know. Hey, yeah. you know what? I think if this does work out for you, yeah. in hindsight, you might go, it made sense why I didn't become a teacher. It made sense why yeah. FDNY didn't immediately happen for me. Yeah, so th- that's something that's been on my mind, you know, mm-hmm. like, because in these past six months, you know, it's, it's been a struggle for everybody, right? Yeah, and and one like for me, like yeah, I I basically my basically my dreams were crushed, you know, because I was supposed to get in the FDMR April and March the city shuts down, and it's been like nine years total for me. I'm like, oh my god, like how, how is this happening? You know, like I was just gonna start, and then my life was gonna be set. Um, you know, I was finally gonna have to. I don't need to work in the kitchen anymore. I don't need to do no more odd jobs. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have this solid job for 20, 25 years, and I'm gonna retire. And I'll be good. You know, so you know that's definitely been on my mind. Like, especially with, for example, Run for Chinatown, um, which we really haven't gotten into yet. But you know, a lot of like, obviously, it's a you know tragic pandemic. But like, if you have, if you're fortunate enough, I guess, like me, let's say, to like, okay, rethink your life a little bit, figure out, okay, what can I do with this time? you know um and and try to like be positive as much as you can about it and be productive as as much as you can about it then you know it can lead you to do private dining you know right now i can do run i could do the run for chinatown i love that i love what you just said there 
you know, I mean, it's a tragic, depressing time with this pandemic. But you took that and and said, you know, well, let me make the best of this. Yeah, and I mean, and that was tough also because, like, you know, it's not just like you know, uh, overnight. Oh, okay, I'm gonna do all this. You know, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I there was you know, city city shut down in March. You know, I I was sitting on the couch for like a month or two. You know, unemployed. I lost, I lost, so I lost my job, my restaurant job. Mm. And then FDNY was on pause. So I'm like, well, what do I do now? Because like mm-hmm. basically my whole career uh, uh, for the past couple of years was restaurant work. Right. So I'm like, oh, well, I can't get like an office job work from home now. Like, what do I do? You know? Um, so, so, I mean, obviously the private dining thing didn't really happen until now. But uh, I was... So about Run for Chinatown. Yeah, let's talk about Run for Chinatown. Yeah. Can you explain to the people listening yeah. uh, what that is? Basically, how it all started was uh, due to my FDNY training. Um, you know, they every time you go to a meeting or, or something, they're always telling you, you have to be ready. You have to start now. You know, you're going to have to run, start running, and do all this. And then I heard, somebody told me, I don't know when, but like, are oh, you going to have to run five miles every day? Monday to Friday wow. I said five miles every day I like you know when I was like in college I did like three miles on the treadmill and I was like I'm good <laughs> I'm like five miles and then so and then finally it kind of hit me like wow to be a firefighter you, you really got to be a superhero like mm-hmm. you have to go you have to walk up like flights of stairs with like 100 pounds of gear and then you start your job and then you start doing what you're trained to do you know after doing that like wow you really got to be in shape and then, like, you know, carry a body or break down whatever you need to break down in a fire, in smoke, mask on, you know, low visibility. Like, so once that really sunk into me, I was like, whoa, I got to really, you know, get in shape, change my life, change my habits. So that, fin- that kind of finally hit me last summer. I, I, I was a cigarette smoker and I quit last summer. I'm like, okay, I can't be smoking and like being a firefighter. This can't happen. So I, I quit and I started jogging. I joined the gym. Uh, I started running a little bit on the treadmill, and then, and then the city shut down in March. Uh, then I was like, okay, I gotta start running outside, which is what they do in the academy anyway, run outside. And it's a big difference, treadmill and concrete pavement. Oh yeah, big difference. So I did like my first like five mile run outside. I came back home. I was like, oh god, your joints must have crazy. Yeah, joints were beat up. I'm like, wow, that's your hips big due to different. the uneven ground. Uneven you know, ground. uphill, downhill, sideways. You know, yeah, and the impact on your on your feet was crazy. Yeah, um, and then I'm like, well, well, I gotta keep trying. And you know, I recovered. Uh, I kept doing it five miles here, six miles there, and I was like, eventually, you know, day by day, I uh, I was like, I think I keep I can keep going. Like, I'll, I'll do seven miles, and I'm like. I think I can well, how long it. did it take you to get to that point, the seven mile, like mentally? I don't know. It happened pretty fast, honestly. Like, like a week fast or like a month fast? Uh, What's fast? What's your maybe like a month fast? Maybe like a, a month, month fast. Maybe, okay. But again, I was I was going like, I mean, I was running like maybe every day, uh, four or five times out of the week. Let's say okay. So like one day I'll do five, next day I'll do six, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually, in my head, I, my mentality was like, I'm gonna be so ready for the FDNY. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna run like crazy. That was my mentality. So like they want me to run five miles every day. I'm gonna I'm gonna do ten now. You know, and, and like that was my mentality. And then eventually I was like, uh, so I heard about um, this organization called Welcome to Chinatown, 
which a friend of mine, well, I know them both now, uh, two of the founders, one is Victoria Lee, the other one is Jennifer Tam. They founded Welcome to Chinatown, which is an organization that's like raising money. Uh, currently, their, uh, their project right now is called the Longevity Fund. The Longevity Fund. Uh, where, what is that for? So the Longevity Fund, there is a fundraiser to for money to uh, basically to, uh, raising money for grants for businesses to like pay for rent or utilities, just like operating costs uh, for local Chinatown businesses. Um, so they're gonna give. I think I think every through every fifty grand they raise, they're like they'll like disperse like waves of the grants i see uh, how did you get involved with them so my girlfriend at the time um she uh was sorority sisters with mm -hmm. the founders um so she was like they kind of like started it together like all, it's all volunteer so my girlfriend was um she was helping with like the marketing or something like that and then and then she was kind of pushing me because i wasn't doing anything you know at the time i lost my job i was like i was only running around you know which was i was like all right i'm gonna stay healthy and then I was going on like a a long run, like a twenty mile run, because um, I was I was also getting into like marathon training, and then I thought, well, what if I make a fundraiser out of this, like like a march of dimes kind of thing, age age walk kind of thing? Like, why don't I ask my friends to like contribute like a dollar per mile, and I'm just gonna run as far as I can for like twelve miles. So, and it felt like a great idea, and I guess it was. Um, so I told my girlfriend, I got home, I said, I have an idea. <laughs> what a light bulb moment. What about this? And she's like, I love it. And then, so we worked on it together um, to like organize it, um, get friends to sign up. Like I'm, I got like on a Google form, like, okay, I will contribute $1 per mile that you run. Uh, made like an Instagram for it. I think she, she started a website. Um, and so we just put it out there on social media, got my friends to like blast it out there. Um, and May 1st was the date uh, that I that I ran um, so I think I had like, two, like maybe over 200 300 people to like sign up on the Google forms wow. to like pledge like okay I will donate one dollar per mile mm -hmm. and a lot of my friends afterwards said Leland I thought you were gonna stop at like 20 <laughs> kept going so there's a running app called Strava um, and then like I can share my location mm -hmm. um, and my progress uh, through a link. So, and like, you're running across Chinatown. You're I'm, just running around Chinatown. Uh, I started at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. I started at home in Brooklyn. I I went all the way up on the west side. I crossed the Brooklyn Bridge to Manhattan. Went all the way up to the west side. Like I think almost to the tip of Manhattan. Through through what the well, east to the, the west the side east, highway. West, oh, so you ran across uh, from the east side yeah, to so the west side. So from the bridge uh, by City Hall, basically, I went west okay went all the way up uh went back down to central park uh, so yeah so i went like in the, to the center of manhattan went south hit central park did a loop around central park the wow. outer the outer loop not 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 inside the park um yeah so it was like i think i started at like 115 or 125 mm -hmm. run down to 60 60th street columbus circle uh, uh make a left go all the way back up from 60 something to 100 something um, and then I like went, I went east and came back down east, and then I like I crossed again, and 
went back down. So I basically did a, a lot of running in Manhattan. You're just killing the donators' wallets. Basically, <laughs> basically I, was, I was like, "What?" In your mind, you were like, "How many? How much money can I get from these guys?" Like, is this guy on a scooter? What is he <laughs> yeah. doing? Um, oh, so I I had some friends actually the night before. Like, yo, you, you really doing this? And I'm like, I guess. Oh, and it was raining. Like, if no. Actually, so if you check out Run for Chinatown, I've got some like videos uh, on the IG. I think should still be available. Oh, and like the news clip too. We'll link everything in yeah. the description, folks. So, so, um, yeah, the videos. I mean, it tells a pretty true story. It was raining, like it was like it felt like apocalyptic, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, that, it was it was really not, like cats and dogs out not there. Not cats and dogs, but like it was windy. It was dark, windy, and like raining like medium hard, you know. But okay. when I was on the west side, it was like right by the water, so mm-hmm. the water was like splashing. Oh, so, and mm-hmm. I was like, so it was windy, windy. I was like the only one out there. Yeah, I would assume like there was nobody out. Like it's yeah. all de- desolate and yeah, it looks desolate. like apocalyptic, like you mentioned. So how many miles did you end up clocking? Uh, sixty-one point six miles. Shut up. Yeah, you ran a marathon more. He ran two like, marathons like two and then some. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah Holy I mean, shit! Wow. You went from a guy that dreaded running five miles. Yeah. To running 61 miles? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of walking involved. There was walking involved. Mm. So I, it's not like I'm like gunning it the whole way, you know, obviously. How long did that take? How many hours? It was, so my, the time frame I gave myself was 12 hours. So how much can I run in 12 hours? 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And did you utilize all 12 hours? Yeah, I, I stopped. I came, I ended in Chinatown on Mott Street, 7 p.m. Yeah, uh, 61.6 miles. That is phenomenal. Here's what I find fascinating mm. is that you literally just started running. Kind of like in the fall, maybe, and you just ripped sixty-one miles out of your ass. Like what? The, that's insane. That's what uh, they call a super, uh, like a super run, right, or something like that, like a ultra runner. Ultra, ultra runner. runner. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I was looking into like ultra running and kind of getting into that at the time, and I thought, basically, I thought like, and runs like, all group things are canceled. There's no runs. There's no marathons. So I was like, why don't I just kind of create my own marathon or create my own ultra marathon? I'm just gonna go. Yeah. You know, and then I'll see what happens. And then, you know, I went and then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I was hurting. It was, it was, it wasn't, it was painful. You know what the amazing thing about, you know, your run is, is mm. it, it wasn't just for raising money, but also raising awareness mm-hmm. of the plight that was happening in Chinatown, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the coverage, media coverage, and then the mm-hmm. social media presence. I think that really helped kind of shine light on what was happening um, during that time. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, nothing has happened really, you know, from it, like, uh, but uh, like uh, promotional wise, I'm saying, but like whatever has happened, whatever good things has happened, like it was all unintended, basically, you know, I did not, I thought to myself, okay, even if I raise like a thousand dollars, whatever, like I was just going to run just to, to run and test myself. That's what it was. I wanted to test myself, you know, but then I thought, okay, while I test myself, why don't I like try to do some good? Mm-hmm. Um, so ended up raising like $24,000 for Welcome to Chinatown. Uh, So at the time, their their initiative was called the Feed Our Heroes Initiative. They were buying Chinatown meals from Chinatown restaurants Mm -hmm. in bulk, like 100 here, 100 here, 100 here, and they were donating it to like uh, frontline workers. Mm -hmm. So that's what the money was used for. Um, So it was a good feeling to like be able to raise that and contribute, you know, to like the city. It's that's incredible. It's and, and what's fascinating is is also how you you just try one thing and you know I'm listening to you to this point and you seem to fall into everything by accident. 
where you go, where you try one thing and then for God or fate or whatever it is, this is or the universe, mm-hmm. it, it, it's telling you, Leland, hey, no, not here, over there. And it, mm-hmm. and it redirects you and then you kind of get into a space where you can try something and then you try and you go, you know what, this is actually pretty cool. I kind of like this a lot. I'm not a labels guy. You know, I, I'm, I, I try to be a low-key guy, you know, so, like, even the run, for example, like, a lot of people didn't know about it. Like, a lot of the Chinatown community, they heard about it after the fact. You, know, like, uh, you had Shirley Ng on recently, mm-hmm. who my mom's friends with, and then she found out, and then she's like, why didn't he tell me? Uh, why didn't I know about this? We could have, like, broadcasted it so much more. Seriously, you raised $24,000, and that was on the low-key. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, that, that would have been great, you know, it just, but, like, but if it had, if it was like that, like maybe I wouldn't have wanted to do it, to do it, you know, like, 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 I think maybe my heart, maybe I would have run less, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, my drive was that I'm doing this and like, and like nobody knows about it. I don't know if you can get that, like, like if like the world knew about it, like. You're saying there's a lot less pressure. I would have shrunk probably, you know? Yeah. You know, so just me doing it, like it had to be like that. You know, mm-hmm. because like you said, you're an introvert, right? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, yeah, introverts when there's a lot of, mm-hmm. I guess, um, news attention. Or, or, or attention being focused yeah. on them, they, they mm-hmm. it tends to lose energy. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I got energy because it was like just came um, organically from me and just like you know some people that I know and like all right, let's try this thing. All right, let's try this. I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you know, I if if the opportunity did arise and um you know to maybe do it on a larger scale again um that was my goal it's been five months now yeah. i did it on may 1st it's already october so you need to do another one bro i mean and you need to let us know yeah yeah that'd yeah. be cool yeah um, we, and maybe we, it's we not wanna, just you this time it's like a whole yeah maybe whole community. We, we certainly want to you. you know support you on that and yeah. cheer you on because damn it i cannot run 61 miles just hearing that just hurts me it actually inspires me. I would actually go for it and see if I can do it. You should join them. Then. You <laughs> I'll, might, hey, I'll you probably might walk fifty percent of the way. But <laughs> you <laughs> might have some people join you. I would join you if my legs can take that. But I, I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> cross a bridge that I can't. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, gonna stay in my lane. Even if you just walked, like right. you if you could walk. I, this is how I calculated it. Was like, well, even if I walk the whole way twelve hours, if I could walk three miles an hour, right? That's thirty six dollars per person. You know, then times however many people. Well, but, ultra yeah. ultra runners they walk too. It's just I mean, that yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, they walk too. You know, yeah. people don't know about it. Really. Yeah. So with that twenty four thousand dollars, how did you split that up? So basically, I directed people to, so people who pledged to donate, I directed them to go to the Welcome to Chinatown GoFundMe page, and then that's how they donated the money. And it went to the Chinatown businesses that were struggling during COVID. So that money was was for. The, the heroes feed our heroes initiative which uh oh yeah which which they spent to buy uh meals from chinatown restaurants struggling chinatown restaurants mm-hmm. um to uh donate meals to like hospital workers um and frontline workers frontline workers yeah. frontline healthcare workers so appreciated that's beautiful yeah it's kind of been uh a, a trend for me i would say like in my life you know I, like I'll, I'll go through like a time of like nothing and then like you know and i kind of need that nothing kind of to like to finally do something big, you know, that's like kind of how I've been operating mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, throughout my life, you know, like, oh, kind of like low, like have like this low and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just do this. 
and then and then that's how I get things done. You know, so it's so it's not like the most efficient or logical way of doing things. Do you think that it's a what do you why do you think that is like where, where you get these highs and lows of and of reactions? That's something you decide on your own. I think so. I think I think part of it is like self sabotage, right? Um, you know, like uh, so for example, with like um, uh, having a job or having a career. You know, I have like I've never had like a proper career. You know, um, and I'm 30 now. You know, I finished college when I was 21. So, within those nine years, like one would think, like one would think that like I'm gonna figure something out. You know, and you know, the past four or five years, you know, I've had a decent cooking career. Um, but it still took me, you know, four or five years prior to that to like figure things out. And so I would say like those four or five years were like my low. You know, in my 20s at least. You know. Um, and like you know, even in school, you know, like I said, in high school when I went to Brooklyn Tech, my first two years, oh, I had like seventies average, seventies, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like a C, like right. That's and and you were thinking about dropping out at that point or shifting dro- to yeah. a different was, uh, col- uh, high school. Yeah, I was thinking about dropping out, and so I I, I, I have to mention like uh, there was a I got really friendly with like uh, she she was a teacher there, but she worked in like some office that I. My mom's friends a teacher. My mom's a teacher. Her friend's a teacher, and then so she knew of a woman that worked at Brooklyn Tech in some office. So she, uh, she, uh, I was sent to her to like, I'll go talk to her. She'll take care of you. And then this was my freshman year, and then she was like, kind of like my pseudo guidance counselor. She wasn't a guidance counselor, um, but she helped me a lot. She was like a, she became a mentor for you. She became a mentor, um, and I actually, I technically did transfer schools on paper because i applied at the beginning of the year freshman year i was like within a month i'm like i want to leave i don't like this place so i put in papers to like transfer to murray bertram where most of my friends were and then by the end of the year i was you know through like all the talks with my mother and this teacher uh her name is miss ross she you know through like basically their guidance i decided okay never mind i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stick it out at Brooklyn tech it's a good school why would i go to you know why would i leave Mm-hmm. So, but little did I know, or I guess I for, totally forgot. And summer, once the summer was over, following freshman year, I got my program for Murray Bergstrom. It came in the mail for the school that I had applied to transfer out to. So what it, what I forgot was like, oh, I, I I totally forgot that I actually applied to transfer out, and then like everything went through. So technically, I was out of Brooklyn Tech. Actually, oh, oh well, technically, I was not a student at Brooklyn Tech anymore. And then this teacher, Miss Ross, she had to like. Put in a word or two to the principal to like take me back technically or to keep me in and then and she did that and you know that's what uh allowed me to stay in brooklyn tech so the first two years terrible student almost left brooklyn tech and then i you know something just hit me like after my sophomore year like you know i can't keep doing this you know like how can i how can i be doing so terribly and i thought you know as I mentioned before, we were talking a little bit, you know, just go to school. Just just get in there, sit in the seat, and see what happens. Right, because you were saying you weren't present a lot of the time. Yeah, you know. Either physically or mentally. Yeah, you just checked out. You just checked there. out. Maybe cutting school, not paying attention, but, like, you know, eventually, you know, I just had to get comfortable with, like, okay, go to school. Go to school every day, and then, you know, be in class, and, you know, maybe, maybe learn a thing or two. Because that's more than half the battle is just being battle. there. Just being present, exactly. So... I started getting like 90s averages 
you know so and eventually i graduated with like an 85 on the dot mm-hmm. so it went from like like first two years i had 75 average next two years i had 95 average so i got an 85 right acceptable so um, you averaged out yeah i averaged, I averaged out pretty okay you know right. um and really my goal was like okay i need like 90s averages to bring it up to 80 something at least like right. so this, you could get into a good college yeah like this can't be in the 70s you right. know um so so that's that's kind of like been how i've been operating you know even in school you know mm-hmm. i don't know why i don't know what it is maybe i'm just like all right i made it to Brooklyn tech let's say i'm like mm-hmm. i'm good and then like do you feel like you need to do that to get charged up like that's you need that negative energy sort of to make you go damn this is rock bottom this really sucks and it mm-hmm. you know like kind of like the art of war you know how you're, you're put against the wall where you can't retreat there's mm-hmm. only one direction to go and it's up I think that might be on the money like because yeah like you said there's only one direction to go and it's up and like and there's no if ands or buts about it there's no going down there's no left and right you only have one way to go and so I think that's that's pretty accurate to say that's like what happens to me or what I put myself in because usually that does bring out the best in people when they know that there's no mm-hmm. you know they, they have direction and there's really no retreat at this point it's either that or just completely fail I wish I didn't need that kind of motivation, right. but it, is I, that subconscious? Probably, you know, because I find myself yeah, as I'm listening to, so I'm like, damn, I, I think I do that to myself sometimes, mm-hmm. where I purposely hold myself back. But I don't know if I purposely when I was younger, mm-hmm. not now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I don't think so. But mm-hmm. um, not because I needed direction. Mm-hmm. I purposely held myself back so that mm-hmm. I don't exceed. The people that I'm around, mm-hmm. so that I can remain friends with them. That's part of it too. It depends on your, you know, your social group, right? Because I noticed ever since I was a kid, if I were like taller, if I was mm. faster, if I was smarter, I, I became isolated. You know, jealousy happens. Mm. You know, it, it shines a light of on their uh, shortcomings, for better mm. or for worse, and. Um, I lost a lot of friends that way and I got sick and tired of not fitting in so mm-hmm. I found that if I held myself back mm-hmm. even in school mm-hmm. you know if I was like the class clown you know, if I wasn't the smartest kid you know you like smart kids get picked on and um, yeah it just it, it, I was able to fit in better and then I realized oh my gosh man uh, now I'm a grown up I'm like that yeah. was so stupid right? yeah. because right now I, I just want to like crush everything you yeah. know like yeah. I just want to yeah. keep I want to I want to see mm-hmm. my potential I really like I'm really fascinated and interested in in just pushing myself and finding others that are like me where mm-hmm. we push each other like mm-hmm. oh that's great what you're doing mm-hmm. I love that and mm-hmm. I respect that you're awesome yeah, yeah. you know you're not part of that group you're part of this group that wants to fly so let's get together yeah, yeah. and we'll push each other yeah yeah <laughs> and I realized that you know when I have a had a more mature way of I guess understanding mm. how how people are i was i was man i wasted all that time being friends with these guys who are and and those are the same people um that's that headed nowhere in life you know uh, that jealousy stuff only gets you so far and and being around that circle will make you feel like you fit in with with someone but deep down inside i at the same time even though i was physically with them physically in the group i never felt quite right with them i never felt like i was among my peers 
you know it's because like it was a conditional love as long as i wasn't better than them you know and and, and that's not good so once i fell out of that i found some good friends who who you know the jealousy didn't think matter they didn't care if i was taller they didn't care if i was smarter i didn't care if they were taller smarter or whatever made more money we just you know we celebrate all of our wins together and we get sad when when we lose you know but we are constantly rooting for each other constantly and i i had to cut off those folks so i i guess i guess that was my form of self sabotage but it's interesting though and mm. i'm listening to you i'm like holy shit yeah i i do have i totally understand you there yeah like sometimes you don't realize it until someone else does it right and you're like oh i do that yeah i've done that all my life <laughs> yeah and I'm wondering, like, man, what if, what if we just stayed at this like high level all yeah. the time? What 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 could we do? Because, yeah. look, you just let's just say running, like, just five miles for you. Mm-hmm. You thought that was extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. You're like, no way. And then when you actually did try it, you did get beat up, but that mm-hmm. didn't deter you. Mm-hmm. I, I think it actually encouraged you more. You're mm-hmm. like, all right, that wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. I, I could. I could take this. Yeah. And then you wanted to test yourself more to the point where you pushed yourself to to 61 miles in in a rainy day, you know, just really unpleasant, not ideal conditions, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um it was not ideal, but also in hindsight, it worked out perfectly because uh well also so May was Asian Pacific Heritage Month, I That's think. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so yep. May 1st, I was like it's got to be May 1st. I got to <laughs> I got to kick it off. Um, so whatever the weather was like, I was going to do it. And so, yes, it was raining and gloomy for like the first half of the day. But like second half of the day was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Sun came out, got nice and warm. You know, it was like night and day. So it was it was also a good story, you know. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So it does make for a better story. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it kind of worked out in the end. Um, but man I, even i think about it sometimes that was that was five months ago like it seems like a dream to me still you need to do it mm-hmm. again man i'd love to support you on yeah that too. I mean, uh, I'd, I'd root for you and uh we we, we, do, we do some contribution yeah no, i mean definitely okay. i mean yeah. you know knock on wood this this tragedy and 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 the the pandemic is not over and you know this this thing we still need to fight it you know how can we support you know our communities that's a continuing question moving moving on moving forward i mean as of now we're, we're talking and numbers are coming up in a lot of places and they're talking about shutting down schools again yeah. mm-hmm. and restaurants and businesses and you know it doesn't seem like this thing's going away hopefully uh you know i know it's a touchy subject with even talking about something like a vaccine people get really sensitive about it's you know, having a vaccine has been politicized. Mm. Uh, but I, whatever it is, I just hope that there's a cure for this and that we can look at this in our rearview mirror sooner rather than later. So yeah. uh, to the people listening, right, that that perhaps want to start making a move, like, do you have any advice on how to really get the, the gears going for someone that's stuck on a couch or someone who's depressed, high anxiety, you know, even for myself, it's still a struggle. You know, I think for anyone, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to say things to someone else, right? You know, uh, but to actually do it and and sh- and do it yourself um, to be an example is, 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 is tough already. But if I were to say something, um, I mean, you just like going to school, just just be present. You know, step one, just just be there you know and maybe you don't have to like 
you know, you're not going to be the best at whatever it is instantly. You know, I think that's what um, uh, I've been using in to for myself. Like, okay, I have to realize I'm not going to be the best at whatever I'm, I want to do instantly. It has to take time. So I think that's one thing people have to understand and accept. Whatever you want to be good at or whatever you want to be successful at, it, it's going to take time, you know. Um, so you have to start somewhere and then and now is the best time basically you know now is the best time to get off the couch you know not tomorrow not next week because you're going to keep telling yourself I'm going to do it I'm going to do it later I'm going to do it later I'm going to do it later well now is later you know um, and you've been saying this or, or I've been saying this to myself for weeks and months years I'm going to do this and that you know so and especially during this pandemic this is what really hit me like well if now is not the time then when is right I was like well I have all the time in the world like I haven't I was working, you know, cooking for a couple of years and like I never had weekends off. And I was like, whoa, I have Saturday and Sunday off. Like I've never had this in, in years, you know. And then not only did I have Saturday and Sunday, I had Monday every day off. <laughs> every day off. Every it was day was shock. Friday. Yeah, it was a shock. <laughs> it was a shock to the system. Yeah, shock to you the know? system. I was like, what do I do? Like, I, you know, I was chilling for a while. And I'm like, okay, well. This is kind of old. You can't get you get bored easily. Like get bored. And Isn't then, that amazing? Like where you think, damn man, I need more free time, and then you get all this free time. You're yeah. like, it's it's pretty awesome in the beginning, but then you're right. like, eh. yeah, yeah, I got old. Yeah, yeah, like I gotta do something. And you start right? getting restless. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I, you know, used. That was I guess that was my motivation that I used for my brain to like get going. Was like, okay, really now? When is the time? I have all the time in the world right. so it has to be now let me stop pushing things off you know i read yeah i read this um uh well someone shared this billboard with me and i, th- I thought it was fascinating it was a, i think it was a nike ad mm. right and it was it was i think it was like five years ago i don't mm. remember it was somewhere in midtown but it said if you if you ran when you thought about it you'll be done by now mm. yeah i remember that there you go Boy, I was just like that blew your mind, right? That, that yeah, mind. I was like, oh, you got me. Yeah, because yeah. I've been procrastinating this. Like, I've been got going some tomorrow good nonstop, and that ads usually I usually don't pay attention to. It. I usually mm-hmm. do not care. I'm so like tuned mm-hmm. out from ads yeah, and commercials. Yeah. But that it, it it was so personal to me. And so whoever came up with that and the Nike Nike or their marketing team or whoever they outsourced it to, that was brilliant. Because uh, it hit so many people and so many of my other friends, they were like, man, yeah. And and it's, it stuck with me to this day. Mm. I go, you know what? If I would have started my diet, if I would have started my exercise, or I would have started pursuing uh, my business, my entrepreneurship, my goal, my volunteer work, whatever, the podcast, and whatever it is, if I would have just started when I actually thought about it, I would be so much more further along mm-hmm. or done or done where I can move on to other things or other aspects of what I'm trying to complete. Exactly. So yeah, I think being president and starting now, great advice. I, I, I you know, I think uh, it's a simple advice. It's, yeah. it's not simple to do. Yeah. But you know what it is? I think we tend to just want to, it's a way we're wired as humans. We just want to be comfortable. Of course. You know, we, we tend to, like we're, we're so afraid of anything that, puts us in some sort of mild discomfort mm-hmm. we really are and I, i'm speaking that from a personal experience you know when i think about working out i'm like oh gosh 
You know, I was like, oh, shit, this is not going to be fun. And, yeah. and then when I actually do it, I'm like, yo, this is awesome. And yeah. then I feel better afterwards. Yes. I'm so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I feel stronger. There you go. And I'm going, yeah. So, I, uh, you know, then then your brain begins to change. You're like, yo, shit, mm-hmm. yeah, let me let me keep doing this. Let me see what else I can do. Mm-hmm. And and it just you just become a better version of yourself and, and, and more confident. And, and from there, you just kind of want to grow, you know, and then you meet other people. I mean, this is this is why it's so important to just move, be there now versus just staying in, not starting anything, because you could be someone else if you haven't. You could just still be that guy sitting on a couch feeling sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. You won't be sitting here with us mm-hmm. or, or the we, guy who shows up. Right. Be present. Right. Or we didn't show up to, to do a podcast where we're like, oh, no one's going to listen to us, you know, or <laughs> you just go for it. Right. You just got to like, I think right. our first episode, no one was listening, but you know, now, now people are listening. <laughs> yeah. And we still like technically don't have, uh, many viewers, you know, there's people, uh, that, that listen to us and, 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 uh, we, we get some of their messages and, and they're frustrated that like, you need to reach out to this and that or put money into marketing Mm -hmm. this and and the way you know the way we look at it is if you know if people enjoy and we have a you know it doesn't matter if it's if it's a hundred people or a hundred thousand people or a million people it it's it it's making an impact on someone Mm -hmm. and like like you said when you were running Mm. it wasn't all about this whole big you know yeah it wasn't like orchestrated right and and a lot of people kind of think that um but for us, it was like, all right, what value can we bring? Let's let's have let, let's do that. You know, what, what's what do we want to see? Mm. You know, what do we want to hear about that's not being told? We got tired of complaining, so we said, all right, so that's the path we'll take. This podcast, that's the path we'll go, and and we'll figure it out as we go along. We don't have the blueprint. We don't have everything like A B C D E F G, yeah. uh, step one two three. It, it, I don't think. I don't think as artists you can always do that. It, sometimes it's you just kind of got to move, you know, with the mm-hmm. as you figure yourself out and mm-hmm. your identity, you move along with those things. You yeah. grow with the podcast, you grow with your workouts, you grow with um your chef or your running mm-hmm. or your, your business. Work. Yeah. yeah, whatever it may be, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, actually I was I was thinking about you guys like when you first reached out to me, I was like, "Oh, Lucky Boys podcast." I looked you guys up. I'm like, "Wow." You know, like I had never heard of you guys, and I was like, oh, and I, I watched some of your things like a little bit here and there. I'm like, oh, they, you know, they seem like pretty interesting. They have interesting talks, having interesting people, and then like, so I, I thought of you guys as an example. Like, wow, did, well, they just start from somewhere, right? Like, you know, I can obviously, you know, not huge. You know, I don't know if that's the goal, but like, you know, you start. Everyone starts from nothing, right? So like, you guys, you know, you had an idea. You're like, all right, let's try it. You had zero viewers first time, and then now, you know, you got some viewers. And I think what people have to understand is time cost mm. right away they'll you know after a week they'll they're expecting results no matter what you're doing yeah but a, right true. like yeah. working out dieting and yeah it could be frustrating you know you work so damn hard for the week and you never worked that hard like in a long time and after mm. a week whether it's a podcast it's a video whatever it is you're looking at it you go damn it or you step on a scale and, you, and you're beating yourself up a little bit you know it's much easier to just give up and just go back to who you were Mm. But then again, then that's where the growth stops. So we have to understand that number one to be patient with our, patient with ourselves and trust mm. the process. And, yeah. and there's a time cost associated with anything that's worth doing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not free. You know, it's not going to come to you with snap of a fingers. You're not going to lose all that weight. You're not going to get mm-hmm. amazing abs. You're not going to have a hit show. It takes time. And that's still not all guaranteed all yeah. the time. Another thing that you kind of brought up in my mind was like uh, about working hard. Like, yeah, you like, uh, you know, you worked hard this all week. Uh, you worked hard for the whole week. And then, like, let's say you had poor results and whatever it is. And then, you know, you, maybe you feel like shit. You're like, damn. But then also you have to remind yourself, like, well, you still have to work that hard, even if it was successful. Like, so that amount of work is going to be there, you know. So you have to be ready to do it, you know, now and later. So if that gets you down, then, like, you know, maybe you have to, like, rethink things, you know. So just also another thing to remind people, like, you know, it's hard work, you know. Whatever the results are, you know, it's the work is always going to be there. You don't, when you get... When you hit big or whatever it is, you're still going to work hard. You know, it's not like, oh, okay, I'm going to chill out now. Right. So it's like you still have to keep it up and maybe you have to work even harder, you know. So that's something that you kind of have to tell yourself and remind yourself and have that in your mind. Like, okay, the, you think the work is hard now and it's like, you know, you're not even at a certain level yet. But if, if your goal is to get like to the certain level and you finally have a big audience or, you, you know, have a restaurant, let's say, like the work is going to like be crazier yeah it's gonna get harder as you go but that means there's growth you're growing yeah you're growing and, and i think that's what equals happiness is, mm. is progress mm-hmm. i think that's part of happiness right the happiness equation every human being is freaking looking for yeah right we're all looking for happiness mm-hmm. and how do we reach that it's it's progress because anytime whenever i speak with someone and 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 it's self-inflicted where their happiness is is they're just doing it they're isolating themselves they're preventing themselves from growing and that's when the depression gets and that's yeah. when this weird i mean we're social animals and, and, and your brain just starts putting weird thoughts in you because i think it's trying to get you out of that that's why it's trying to make you feel a different type of discomfort so that you can get out there and start moving but again time costs I just got better. So the next one, I'll get the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. Like I step on a basketball court. If I lose, I'm not going to stop playing basketball forever and then beat up myself like, oh, I'm never going to do this. Yeah. You know, I go, all right, you got this one. I'll be back. Yeah. I'll be back. You got this one, though. Yeah, I think like the, the things that are most challenging has the most impact, either yeah. to other people who are inspired by it or actually to yourself as a development thing. So, um, yeah. Um, everything that, that was challenging, I've always cursed, bitched, moaned, but I think it made me a better person, like a better, um, you know, made my work ethic better, uh, made me a better, like, partner, made me a better boyfriend, you know, family member, you know, a brother. Yeah, yeah there's one thing that's consistent with you, your, your flow, and yeah. that you bitch and moan, like, this guy does it not but he's not a quitter mm. he he'll bitch and moan throughout like if it's if we're working out together right and he's just like like 20 minutes and he's like fuck you guys go ahead and we're pushing him like are you 20 minutes that's a warm-up buddy like mm-hmm. let's go let's yeah. go i he's remember like, oh. working out with him and my other friend and we were doing like gym work, uh outdoor like uh playground workouts right and we're doing the fireman like the fireman like you know pulling mm-hmm. up the thing mm-hmm. um the the, the pole mm-hmm. and i was i was at that point where i was like ready to throw up mm. and by that time i was like okay if i'm ready to throw up i'm, I'm just done mm. you know but there's there's moments where people actually quit before that so yeah. it's like you don't you don't want to feel that uncomfortable 
to the point where your body's rejecting, you know, whatever you're doing. But, you know, uh, I think you have to go past that point to know that that's your limit. Yeah, you do have to test yourself because yeah. I don't think your brain's always honest with you. Never. You know, yeah. I, I think it, I think when you're at like 30% of your limit, it starts fucking with you. Just like as soon as I'll put a perfect example. I know I could push out more than a mile, but that first mile, oh, yeah. my brain is oh, telling yeah. me, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. Your legs are it's talking so much shit to me. Right. right? Yeah. It's the first mile. That's yeah. the hardest sometimes, yeah. you know? And I'm like, you know, I, just, I was like, once I break out of this first mile, I'll be good. Mm-hmm. I'll be good. I can get the mindset. So eventually it's like almost like a meditative state. Mm-hmm. You know, once you get in the zone, once you find yeah. that spot, then you're all right and you could keep going. Mm-hmm. And then later on, then the, then it's another mental battle, like depending on where you are in your fitness. But there is that stage where you do pass the entry level and then you get in a mid stage and now it's fucking with you again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a constant struggle. But one thing I do give, yeah, I give to you. You, you don't quit. You do bitch a lot though, damn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean like, yeah, and not everyone's gonna be like you. I mean, I'm sure people like, there's people like me out there who was like, you know, they bitch and moan because it's hard, it, you know, challenges in life, especially when things don't go your way, um, but they keep going. And I think that's a secret, the consistency, the, the drive to just keep moving. Right. You know? I'll tell you a secret. I do bitch and moan, but it's in all private. in here. Oh, mm. oh, in, I it's an internal, I, internal I try, dialogue with you. I, well, because I'm fighting myself at mm-hmm. that point because I know is I know dispersing negative energy it's not going to get it done. Hmm. So I yeah. try through experience. So I try my best to just keep that dialogue in my head. And cause I don't want to also, I don't want to spread doubt around the people um, that's, that's with me. Right. I don't want to give that vibe or that yeah. energy that, that, Oh shit. Will doesn't believe in this anymore. Or will is about to quit on me. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's going on. I don't want to do that with the people that's, that's I'm around. I want to, I want to let them know, like we may not, have the lead on a scoreboard, but we're gonna come back in the second half. We're gonna we're gonna do better. And I, I never want to put that fear in anyone else because, uh, you know, we're already fighting ourselves. So I think if we're in a team sport or we're together, um, I want to empower everyone. I want to make sure that everyone around me is strong, um, rather than the opposite. So I, I keep that dialogue to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's poker that, face. That's, that's <laughs> important, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to like believe, you know, and you know, even if like like you said, your dialogue is like you are bitching and moaning to yourself, like oh, but you can't, you don't, you don't want to broadcast that, you know, because you don't, you know, it's it's only gonna have like a negative a negative effect, right? You know, you may want to say it, you might like curse and whatever, but like it's not gonna help at all, right? I I just take that energy and I put it into the work. That's another another way to do it. Like I'm just. Like take it's it out. still a form of energy exactly take it out on whatever you're doing yeah. you know it's easy when it's working out let's say you know you can like put it out into the workout yeah. you know or the run like i'm gonna run faster harder you know yeah. so like you know for like physical applications that's that's pretty easy thing to do like transfer that energy mm-hmm. um you know into like a workout or whatever it is you're doing one of the things that kind of get me out of that mode of being you know complaining is to just keep moving um you know, there was a moment in my life where I, I was out of the job and I had nothing to do, but I, I knew I wanted to use this time to kind of do something that was worthwhile. Um, so I, I had free time. I, I, was, I was broke. I had no job. Um, and I wanted to kind of set up this gallery for my dad. He's a, he's a painter. Um, he did calligraphy. But 
at that moment, he kind of retired. So I wanted to show his work to, to, to the public, you know, his friends, my friends, my family. Um, so I, I did all those things. I, I found a pop-up shop. I, you know, catered. I got catering, and I did a whole gallery for him. That was really that dope. One day. Yeah. That was really I dope. I all my friends, yeah. yeah. And I raised money for, um, he has Parkinson's, so I raised money for, um, for that cause as well. But I want to go back to your story when you, you talked about those light bulb moments where it's like, oh, you had a moment and then you had to act on it. Like what, what was that, you know, what pushed you to act on those, on those moments? Uh, you know, we were mentioning earlier that, you know, uh, talking about signs. Um, so light bulb moments or signs. I, sometimes I, I interpret them more like signs. Um, you know, it could, you could be walking down the street and then like, uh, you see something that reminds you of something or, or like you heard about something the week prior and then like somebody else mentions it. So like, and then you're like, wait a minute, I just heard about that, you know? So, um, this ties into like kind of like the story of like destiny and fate and like, uh, your life leading you the way you're supposed to go. And I kind of liken it in my head to like, like Slumdog Millionaire, you know how he has all the answers, right? And it's because of like these memories he has. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he uh, he learned, he knows the answer for this because uh, because of whatever experience. He knows the answer for this because of another, another experience, all separate experiences, but he knows all the answers for some damn reason and then all the way, you know, and then he wins. So like, sometimes I, I feel like I have these moments too when I'm like, you know, just at any time, like if some, if I hear something one day and then like the week after something happens and I'm like, wait a minute, I just heard about that. So like when those things happen, these light bulb moments or signs, like I'm starting to accept that, like, oh, listen to this or pay attention to this. Um, you know, this is a sign for you to take action, um, uh, go this direction, uh, and, and, and don't ignore it, basically, you know, because we were saying earlier, you know, like, you know, there's all these signs that we have, you know, when, you're, when, we're, when we're younger, we ignore it, we don't pay attention to it, you know, we don't cultivate it. But now that we're a little older, like, all right, you know, I think this is a real thing. And sometimes life pushes you in that direction and you just get this moment of clarity. Mm. And when that happens, it is the most beautiful thing because now you know. Now you know you have a purpose. You have a direction. You know which way you want to maneuver. And you made a decision. Like when you made a decision, you talked about earlier, you, when you made a decision to stop smoking. Mm-hmm. I also used to smoke mm-hmm. for several years. Mm-hmm. And when I made a decision, something simple like that, sounds simple, but it's extremely difficult. Yeah. When I decided to get into shape, when I had the moment of clarity saying, you know what? I don't want to be unhealthy anymore. I want to be in peak physical condition. I want to be able to just push myself to see what I can do um, physically, right? And those were moments of clarity. And there were little signs that just led me to that day where I just Mm -hmm. woke up and said, you know what? I'm done. I'm being, I'm done being this, this will, whatever this will is, he's got to go. He's got to go. This is not serving me at all. This dude Mm. is, it's not who I want to be tomorrow. So I let him go. I let that go, and that 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 will is, is is somewhere in me still, but it's in a, it's not sitting in a front seat anymore. It doesn't. It's not driving. It doesn't have shotgun. It's 
that boy sitting in a trunk. Yeah, he's gone. You know, uh, and uh, and it needs to remain that way. It, it really does. It does. It just doesn't serve you. It's, it's a weird thing to say, right? I mean, it's just very strange. But how many times in life, I personally speak, I can't even count on my hands where where I really wanted something and it just didn't work out. Yeah. If I wanted to buy a home. And and the deal fell through. If I wanted some or a job or whatever it is, and I just didn't get it, they didn't pick me, and I felt sad about it. And and then when I look back at it, my life, every single one of those moments where I wanted something and I didn't get it, whether I fell short or someone just decided, you know, no. And I'm like, wow, I really dodged a bullet there. Mm. I re- every single, almost every single case. 99% of things I didn't get in my life, I touched 99 bullets. <laughs> yeah, I one. I got hit with one. I got hit with one, but then I survived You live that. with that. You live yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I live with that. I survived it, mm-hmm. but we're going to get hit with bullets sometimes. And I got hit with that one because I didn't pay attention. Mm. Because I didn't pay attention to the science. I was just stubborn. I was like, no, no, I'm still going to do this. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention to the science. And, and I took the easy way. And then I got hit with the bullet. Oh, wow. I got hit with the bullet. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I came back. I came back. And, uh, and you know what was weird? Getting hit by that bullet gave me a net positive because I got hit with that bullet. Figuratively speaking, I didn't actually get shot. So, but figuratively speaking, uh, you know, where I lost a bunch of my friends because I wasn't useful to them anymore. Mm. And that was my holy shit moment. I was like, I thought I had all these friends. Mm. And when I didn't succeed in something and I took a big step behind, a lot of those friends started just dropping like flies. And I'm going, whoa, what happened there? Mm. What happened there? And I'm calling them and they're like, no, no, I'm busy. I'm going, whoa, time out, time out. Mm. And it made me just rethink of how I classify people now. Are they acquaintances? Are they friends? Are they my brothers? Are they in my circle circle? And I realized that it's, you know, it's not everyone can be in your circle. You just, and it's okay. Like sometimes those people aren't loyal to you, have that unconditional love. That doesn't mean they're bad people. Mm. Everyone is out. They're not out trying to, it's not like they're trying to destroy me. And that's something I had to learn. They're only out for themselves. Their self-interest is very strong. And and I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. But I need to personally manage my expectations with the my relationships with people. And sometimes some people can kind of trick you, right? Yeah. Whether in any relationship, like, baby, I'm gonna marry you. You know, baby, I love you. And then and then it turns out like, oh man, like I, what happened to I love you? What happened to you know you do this and that? And when the true colors reveal. So thanks thanks to those bullets, I lost all those fake friends. I knew exactly what to look for. And because of that, I have an extremely small circle. And and I have a really good circle that I'm proud of. And it's not like, oh, just big, tough people or whatever it is or or someone that's like a billionaire. It's simple guys, average guys and girls that are in my circle, just average people. And then I have a lot of other friends beyond that. And I'm okay with that. But I understand like that's the relationship we have and the dynamic. And that way, I can't get hurt. I can't be surprised, you know, because I have those expectations. I know what it is. I'm mature enough to understand. Like, this isn't evil. You're not out to get me. You're just out to there to support yourself. And I get it. I respect that, you know, mm. as long as 
as long as they're not lying or being dishonest about that, you know, I can respect it. Like, oh, well, I'm your best friend. Like, oh, I'll, I'll ride or die or whatever the, the yeah. new verbiage is these, <laughs> these days, right? And then when it comes down, you know, like, oh, um, nah, man, you know, some expectations.